Welcome back to the Jason Rice Show. Today, I want to talk about something in, I'm hoping this will be kind of a creative take on the idea of goal setting. And the reason why I wanted to cover this is because I have struggled with goals of late. And I think I have realized why. So I don't want a lot of material goals. And every time you hear people talk about Goal setting, it's usually that they want a bigger house, they want a new car, or they want a, an advancement at work. They, it's, it's almost always tied to some monetary value, or and, and sometimes it's also you know health-related goals and that sort of thing. But for me, I've really struggled, to be honest with you, just to be completely transparent, that I've really struggled with coming up with goals for myself. Not because I have arrived or attained all my goals to this point, because God knows I have not. But I've really struggled with figuring out what to set as goals that are worthy of placing that much attention, energy, and focus on. And so in my endeavor to kind of resolve this conundrum that I find myself uh, facing, I started looking to some of my virtual mentors to figure out how could I go deeper in setting my goals. And and how could I not only just go deeper in setting my goals, but how could I make them more meaningful? Because here's one of the things that I struggle with. And I don't know about you, if you ever face this, but you know, one of the reasons why I have trouble setting goals often is because I don't want to set the wrong goal. I mean, the older I get, the more I realize that life is so finite. And I, while I do everything in my power to try to live in the present moment, I can't help but be keenly aware that the minutes are ticking away, never to come back again. So I'm really in this weird race against the clock, not in an unhealthy way, but just to the point where I really do try to focus on making sure that whatever I'm putting my time into, I'm exercising that principle that Steve Jobs, you know, had, which was, you know, once you realize that you're going to die, then, then you look at everything differently. And I, well, I haven't got to the point where I'm quite as, um, I don't know, attentive to that thought as Steve Jobs might have been, I will say that I do look at our opportunity costs of every single minute and day and hour of my life differently. And so this whole thing with goal setting has really, really got me kind of in a place of, I don't know, it's a struggle. And I thought, well, if I'm struggling with it, I don't think I'm that unique. And let me tell you something, that's the way the Jason Wright show is a lot of the time. Whenever I come on here and I talk about something, especially on topics like this, a lot of it is because I'm struggling with it or I'm curious about it. I'm trying to figure out a, a way to improve upon something. And in that research, it will end up you know, manifesting itself into an episode of this podcast because I always think that, well, if I've learned something and if I've gleaned some information or something from a different topic, then maybe it'll help the Jason Wright Show audience that is also endeavoring to improve always and always. Maybe this will help. So today I looked to Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, and Carl Jung, the clinical psychologist, uh, to try to figure out ways to really hone in on my goals. And so while I'm not going to bore you with what my personal goals are, I will say this, this is probably the, the, the biggest revelation that I've had is that I think if we can make our goals more intrinsic 
focused than extrinsic focused, external, outside, you know, focus more on the inside, uh, then, then I think we'll be better off. And now that's really difficult because whenever I'm, for me, whenever I'm trying to really focus on intrinsic goals, that means I'm focusing on things like feelings. What are goals that make me feel creative, fulfilled, that put me in a flow state? What are things that I can do to improve my mindset? And so I, I, and and that while that was a struggle at first because it's kind of like almost too touchy feely, but then I got to thinking, well, no, I think I'm onto something here because again, the older I get, the more I realize that a lot of our goals are determined by the matrix. You know, we get caught in the matrix to where we think we're supposed to have all these things, and if we don't, then we're a failure. In other words, how many times have you looked at someone else that you went to high school with or you went to college with? You know, you're 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 cruising through LinkedIn and you see that some, one of your fraternity brothers or shorty sisters, they're the senior vice president of ABC company and they're crushing it. Or they've become a partner at, at, at Bain and company or, or Boston consulting group. They've just got some, or Deloitte, just, they got just this unbelievable job or they're doing private equity. And you remember back to whenever you were in college and you think to yourself, they were kind of like, you know, ass clowns in school. And yet here they're doing so much better than me. And look, you know, as well as I do that, like Theodore Roosevelt said that comparing yourself to someone else or comparison is the thief of joy. There is no equity into comparing yourself to someone else. But I think it's so easy to do is because the matrix has shown us what it says is success right? This plastic world of name brands, big cars, big houses, cool trips, you know, chilling in the Maldives, you know, it's, it's on our social media, which by the way, I got to tell you, I'm not telling you to get off social media. Everybody tells you to get off social media. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that, but I can tell you this. I have not been on Instagram or Facebook in the year 2024. Now, granted, I know we've only had 23 days of it, but I have 23 days. And actually, I stopped it. I think I got off of Instagram maybe, I think it was like December the 15th of last year. And I started it as a, I was just going to get off for like till this year. I was going to like, I'm out. I'm going to focus on the holidays up through Christmas. I had both Rylan and Abby coming home. I thought, that's it, man. I'm off. I want to be really present. I don't want to be scrolling on my phone. Guess what? I have enjoyed it so much. I don't know if I'm ever going back. I went from just deleting the apps to now I have actually logged out of Instagram. So you can't find me there. And I haven't seen what anybody else is posting. And, and I think this is a good thing because I look, again, full disclosure, I am susceptible to all the things that I'm constantly talking about, the adverse impacts of different elements of life that I constantly talk about and discuss. I am just as susceptible as anyone. You know, the Jason Wright, the improve always and always guy, has all of his things that he's got, you know, demons and, and struggles and the matrix trying to suck me in and make me envious and want to have things that really mean nothing that once I'm dead and gone, they all just... just you know, are sold in a garage sale or a state sale, which brings up another topic while I'm just kind of rambling on, on free, uh, you know, doing a, I guess, uh, freestyle thinking here. Have you ever gone to a big estate sale and thought of just how sad that is? 
remember not too long ago, uh, I guess it was a couple years ago when uh, my dad's mom died and uh, my stepmom called me and she had, she had me on FaceTime and she's like showing me around all my grandmother's stuff and asking me if I wanted any of the stuff that was left over that hadn't gone to the other kids and you know, that they, they had selected all the, the, the different things to remember my grandmother by or whatever. And then whatever was left over, they were going to sell an estate sale. So she called me to kind of look around and see if there's anything that I wanted. And um, I remember thinking to myself, this is crazy. Because now that all the all the furniture I looked at and some of the dishes and things that had been such a, they, it had been like the set, like a movie set of Thanksgiving dinners, Christmases, and just different times growing up at my grandmother's. And now they just look like props, kind of something that you'd find in an attic on Broadway somewhere, like a supply room of different props and chairs and stuff that they've used for different sets. And essentially all these possessions, that's what they've been reduced to. And, and, and I've, I've started thinking that every time I go to a garage sale, especially estate sales, because usually estate sales happen, you know, when someone's died and you go and you just pilfer through all these people's personal things. And, and then it, it just, you know, it, it's really started to make me think that, God, that's crazy that when we're dead, all of our stuff just becomes just that for once. Like in, in this life, there are things I'm right now, like that I have, like, I love, like, I've got these little bracelets on one that Abby gave me and one that Jimlin gave me and my cool G-Shock um, Casio. I'm, I love these things right now, right? But when I'm dead and gone, I mean, they're just things that will probably, the bracelets will probably just go away. The watch, the battery will die. Nobody will replace it and it'll be trashed and it'll just be a thing. It's, it's, and so that's really, we get so caught up in the matrix of just things and stuff that when we're dead and gone, when our life is gone, then all that stuff loses its real value. Now, granted, I get it. There are different collectibles and stuff like that, but most of the stuff that you and I have, nobody's going to pay us anything for it. Nobody's going to really want it once we're gone. It's just crap. It's just stuff that we use when we're here. And the more I realize that, the less I focus on the stuff. Still like some stuff. Still love I, I mean, I've gotten really into rag and bone lately. I love rag and bone jeans. They're ridiculously expensive. They're stupid expensive, but I just love my rag and bone jeans. Okay. So I look, I still like the stuff, but the older I get, the more I realize it, it doesn't really matter. And so when it comes to setting goals, it's like, all right, I don't want to set goals for stuff. I want to set goals to get better. What does that look like? And how do I determine what makes me better? Better at what? A better thinker? Well, what the hell does that mean? To be a better thinker, that I'm better at doing math problems? If that's the goal, then God, we're really screwed because I'm terrible at math. So what is it? Well, I don't have those answers. That's not what today's episode is about. But I am going to tell you kind of what I came up with, with the help of Tony Robbins, Jim Rome, and Carl Jung to try to decide these things. All right, so first of all, Connecting Tony Robbins' concept of aligning one's life blueprint, which what is our life's blueprint? So I remember listening to an old Tony Robbins program. Um, it wasn't Awakening the Giant Within. I think it was oh, Cutting Edge. No, The Ultimate Edge, excuse me. Cutting Edge was a really cool figure skating movie from the 80s, uh, just a heartwarming romance about a figure skater and an old hockey player. But this was The Ultimate Edge by Tony Robbins, completely different thing. And he talked about how we all have a blueprint or, of our life. that we, we, we have this idea 
of what our life should look like. And whenever we're unfulfilled or dissatisfied, then that means that life, as we're living it, it doesn't match our blueprint. It's like we have the blueprints for a house that we want to build, and the kitchen has been placed in the bath, I mean, in the in the master bedroom. And so you're like, wait, wait, this is, I don't, this is a cool house. I can live in it. It gives me shelter. It gives me a lot of what I need in a house, but the kitchen is in my bedroom. It doesn't, so I'm not fulfilled. That's how we are. So, so a lot of you that are listening to this, whenever you're going through the goal setting process, first of all, take into your, into account what you determine is the blueprint of your life. Cause your blueprint is going to involve a lot of things. It's going to involve a wife or no wife, kids or no kids, how much money you make, where's what's your geographic location as to where you live? Are you close to family? Are you close or are you off in some exotic cool location? What is your blueprint? Because here's what happens if you're not fulfilled. If you if you look at LinkedIn and start to compare yourself with your friends and you see that they are doing things that you have not and you feel bad about it, that means that your blueprint does not match what you thought your blueprint should be. You thought your blueprint included you having the partnership with Bain or Deloitte, and it doesn't. So that's kind of the concept of Tony Robbins' blueprint. And I want to compare it with um, with Carl Jung's shadow self. All right, so, and this is what I want to talk about. It's this, it's this dance between our conscious aspirations and the hidden facets within us that no one sees that we know we're there, but we might not might not have even noticed, all right? So Jung's shadow, which is one of the things that when I first started understanding and reading about Carl Jung, some of his, uh, his, his teachings and his writings, I really honed in on this shadow self. And I did it whenever I was doing research for a course that I was developing on how to be your authentic self, which you're talking to a guy who has lived a great deal of his life, or you're listening to a guy, you're not talking to a guy unless you're talking to your radio saying, get to the point, Jason. You're listening to a guy who lived a great deal of his life in the witness protection program. What do I mean by that? I mean that I would try my best to look successful, act successful, live up to the things that I thought people expected of me instead of just being authentically who I am, who I, you know, just being, I, I would, I would pursue goals. I mean, this, this is why this came up. This is why I started looking at young. I would pursue goals that I thought I was supposed to pursue as opposed to goals that deep down I really wanted to pursue. You know, and I, I, th- I think a lot of a, a good just kind of a, a real easy illustration of people who set goals that match up with their deepest in the deepest darkest recesses of their of their soul who they are and they match those up are entertainers comedians rock stars because see most of us if you're like me you may have had a dream of being an actor or actress but that's not a real job now you know and some of you listen to this you know there's something that you should have been doing you're a CPA but you know you should have been a school teacher but see the school teacher was something that somebody told you once upon a time, no, you went to this university. You're not going to go get a $100,000 $100, education just to go back and be a teacher. Why would you do that? No, you need to go be a CPA or something. You need to go match your career with the value of the education you have. Even though you knew deep down, if you were honest with yourself, you would love to put smiles on kids' faces. You would love to shape young minds. You, would, you, you watched Stand and Deliver when you were a little kid, and you thought, 
oh my gosh, I want to go to the inner city and teach school, but I went to Harvard. I'm an Ivy League educated person. I can't just go teach school in the inner city. But you know, deep down, it's what you want to. So Carl Jung in his shadow self, he, it's what, it's what, when we face those things that we've hidden away for so long, Jung's shadow represents the repressed and overlooked aspects of our personality, often harboring untapped potential or suppressed desires. Integrating Robin's philosophy with Jung's notion invites, invites us to like start to explore the shadows, acknowledging and understanding deeper layers of our desires that might be obscured. If we can embrace and reconcile the shadow element that we embark on, then, or then we embark on this profound journey towards a more holistic, and here's the real kicker, authentic alignment. I like that, an authentic alignment. And that's what I'm looking for. I want to have an authentic alignment of my goals and my most intrinsic deep down desires of our life's blueprint with our consciousness and our unconscious yearnings and things we desire. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to no longer ignore those things that are deep within me that I know I want to pursue, that I know I value. I want to match those things with whatever goals I may set. Now, let's talk about Jim Rome. Jim Rome was actually, and that's R-O-H-N, Jim Rome. If it sounded like I said Jim Rome, it sounded like in my headphones, I might have said Jim Rome. Jim Rome it was actually Tony Robbins' uh, mentor. Tony actually made his first big money. I think it's where he made his first million was selling Jim Rome um, workshops and, and, and events. And so... A lot of uh, a, a lot of Tony Robbins' teaching was inspired by Jim Rohn. If you've never listened to any of Jim Rohn's, uh, just go do YouTube searches on him. Just pearls of wisdom coming out over and over and over. So awesome. And he was a, a speaker, philosopher, and he actually echoes the sentiment of what I'm talking about, of aligning your personal development with your desires. And what he would emphasize is the importance of personal growth and self-discovery. And he would suggest that the key to success lies not just in, in, in external achievements, but in becoming a person capable of attracting the success we desire. Now, how do you do that? I think that if you want to attract the, the, attract the things that you really desire on your innermost, you got to first be able to identify those things, right? How can you know what you want if you haven't really looked inside and been honest with yourself about what it is that you truly, truly want. Want. Roan often highlighted the need to work on ourselves, cultivating skills, mindset, and character that align with our aspiration. This is one of the things, this is, why I'm, this is one of the reasons why I'm bringing you this podcast. It's one of the reasons why I do the Jason Wright Show. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I work out every day. It's because deep down within me, I do have a desire to pursue excellence as a human being, as a father, as a husband, as a friend. I want to, mat I want to, it's not that I want to um, just put out this image of being this guy that, that exercises and, and, and makes healthy choices and, and reads and tries to learn and is, is a, you know, a perpetual student, but it's also 
that's what makes me feel good to do those things and to manifest those things into a reality. So I'm constantly working on myself first as an admission that there's always improvement to be had, that there's always a step to further to go. Um, and, and, and there's a, there's always room between where I am and my full potential and my full potential. Every single time I get closer to my full potential, that bar moves. So I have to keep going and going and going. And so that's why I'm constantly doing things like this podcast is because it it forces me to pursue excellence and self-improvement because my ultimate goal is to not only improve, but to share it and encourage you, if it's something that you desire to do, to improve as well. So that's that's kind of where I got that. Roan's philosophy complements the idea of harmonizing one's life blueprint with desires, underscoring the transformative nature of self-improvement as a crucial element in achieving and fulfilling of, of fulfillment and success. So the idea here is that what, don't set the goals until you know deep down what you value, what is really important to you, How do you want to spend your days and who do you want to spend your days with? If we can focus on this, and what I'm learning through this is if we can focus on those things, then all of a sudden, I don't worry about a lot of the things that I once did. For example, I once was, I had someone ask me today, I was getting my teeth cleaned today. And my dental hygienist who knew that I was once on the, my local city council and I had done a lot of political work in my history. She said, so is there any politics in your future? To which I said, no, no, absolutely not. And as I look back on my life in politics, um, I think that a lot of that had to do with me trying to seek validation. I did care. I do care. I do care about my community, my state, our country, and I will always participate in the process. But I think whenever I would run for office or something of that nature, it wasn't really my deep down of these, these goals that I would, um, I, I didn't really, that's not really what I wanted to do. Public service was not like at my core to be able to set a goal and run for office and win and and then go to the next level, next level. I think it was something else. And I kind of figured it out by losing a congressional race. I ran for Congress a number of years ago. And I remember after I lost, thinking to myself, what was all that for? And, what, and I was trying my best after all of that money spent of both mine and my fundraisers and supporters, you know, and the time and the, the mental exhaustion thinking, okay, something good out of this? How can I, what is the life lesson here? All right. So one of them was I eliminated the regret of not knowing, you know, okay, I now know that I was not supposed to be a member of Congress, at least at that time. And I don't see in the foreseeable future ever, but nevertheless, so I scratched that off. Okay. But what else? Well, I remember I loved communicating with people and inspiring them, not just about, you know, matters of, of, of history and civic duty and public service or whatever the case may be, but just hearing people's stories and then giving them encouragement. I loved getting up in front of a crowd and speaking and 
But the thing is I learned is I really didn't want to talk to him about politics. I wanted to talk to him about giving them hope and how to be, uh, how to reach their goals, their ambitions and, and fulfill and, and find fulfillment in their lives. That was really awesome and fun. And so it was weird. I had this epiphany. It's like, dude, you, you thought that your only channel for getting in front of people and speaking to them and encouraging them and making a difference in their life was, I used to think it was to either be a preacher or a politician. <laughs> I had told my grandmother when I was like seven years old, I was going to be a preacher. As I got older, I realized I don't want to be a preacher. And so I thought for me, it's going to be politics. That's how I'm going to communicate and help people. And then now at this time, I realized, no, that's not the case. I can just start a little podcast and I can just, and I can write books and I can write articles and I can tell people about things that I'm doing to try to make my life better. And hopefully they'll pick up uh, a, a notion that I share for their own life. And so that, that being authentic and finding that, that intrinsic desire to help and inspire and motivate people led to what I'm doing now, which is so much more aligned with what I really want to do than politics or anything like that. I found deep down, and, and that's the thing about this, I was kind of, I, don't, I, I was misreading the tea leaves or misreading my own blueprint. There was an element of it. I wanted to help people. I wanted to inspire people. I wanted to speak to people. I wanted to communicate with people. But I was using the wrong vehicle for it, of politics, when really all I needed to do was just, first of all, let me back up. You don't, I, didn't, I realized I didn't even need a stage. I didn't need politics, a pulpit. I didn't even need this microphone because at the end of the day, the real desire is just I can be one-on-one -on -one with an individual. And if they have the desire to get better and, buy, and, and I've got something in my toolkit that I can help them with, that's enough. And but see, the thing is, the matrix, going back to the matrix, the matrix is that's not what you're supposed to enjoy. You're not supposed to set it as a personal goal to inspire or to help people as any way you can because there's no glory in that. There's no, there's no likes on Instagram for that. There's the, if, if, if you just decide that you're just going to be open and available to help people with their health, with uh, whatever, mentoring. I mentor a lot of young people now, a lot of young dudes. To, and I don't get paid for it. I'm not a paid mentor. Nobody knows that I'm doing it. And I told you, but you know what I mean? It's not like I'm known for that. But the matrix says, well, if you're not getting paid for it, you're not getting celebrity for it, and you're not getting, then why would you do it? Well, that's the point. I've learned that. So setting a goal to take on three new mentees this year for no other reason other than just because I, I really enjoy helping and developing young men, um, then that's okay. So what are you doing? What are your values? How are you, when you set your goals, like when you set your new year's resolutions this year, how much thought did you put into the person who you are and you want to be, and maybe your own blueprint? And did you stop during that, during that, this first of the year time where right now the resolutions, unfortunately are falling away, statistically speaking, most New Year's resolutions have already been abandoned. So grab them back. Just go, go look at your list again. Or let's just read, let's do a redo. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. Have a do-over. It's just because January 1 has passed and we're moving. We're just 
blowing through January and you've already abandoned your New Year's resolution to get healthier, to read more books, to watch less TV, to do less social media, go ahead. Let's do a do-over. So, so let's start again. But what if we start by first checking out our values, our shadow self, our blueprint? And whenever you look at these things, ask yourself before you set the goal, before you set the the ambition to try to pursue something, is it truly, truly, truly going to feed your innermost desires? If, if this goal, because here's the thing, you won't, you probably won't pursue it with much vigor, and you probably won't complete it. If if you have already abandoned whatever goal you may have set for yourself at the first of this this year, there's a great chance it did not match up with your blueprint or lend to you getting closer to your blueprint. It didn't match up with your most intrinsic values and desires and the things that would bring you fulfillment. It was not bringing the shadow self into the light to actually be who you really are. It wasn't that. It was something that the matrix told you you should desire and want. And so you pursued it for a little while, now it's gone. So how do we do this? I took some, this is the, these are the things that I'm going to try to do that I encourage you to do and try to get there. First, self-reflection. Begin by engaging in introspective practices. Take the time to reflect on your values, passions, and the activities that bring you joy. Consider moments when you felt most fulfilled or alive. This is something that has been a great exercise for me. By stopping and, and really making note of those moments where I just felt freaking alive and awesome and, and just great. And you know what? It's usually when I'm either exercising, working out, just because that feels good, or when Jimlin and I are sitting on a park bench in New York. <laughs> That's it. So therefore, what's the goal? Well, the goal is to spend more time on a park bench in Central Park in New York with Jimlin. So then I can make some material goals that allow me to, to finance those, but I don't have to, like, it's funny. I'm constantly looking for apartments in New York and Jimlin's like, you know, I just don't think it would ever make sense for us to buy an apartment in New York. We could always just go there and come home. And you know what? She's exactly right. I don't have to buy my apartment in New York and it would have to be somewhere probably on the Upper East Side or Upper West Side and facing the park, which means I'm going to be spending, if I rented it, I think I looked and it was about 11 grand a month average for any apartment facing the park. And if I'm going to buy something facing the park, then I'm looking, regardless of East or West Side, probably three to four million just as a starter. So probably not going to happen, but I can make goals and plan things that allow for me to spend time with my wife with a cup of coffee. In Central Park, sometimes we don't even talk. We just sit there, hold hands, watch the ducks, people watch, and it's amazing. I feel alive. So that's not a goal that most people would put on their list, but it's a goal for me. And it, and it, and it, and and I arrived at that by truly looking inside and saying, "What makes me come alive?" And it's Central Park on a bench with Jemlin. That's just one. Identifying your core values, draw inspiration from Tony Robbins' teachings, list your core values and beliefs, assess whether your current lifestyle aligns with these values, and identify areas where adjustments may be needed. Okay, this is really helpful to me 
and in listening to going back and listening to the Ultimate Edge with Tony Robbins, I realized I almost accidentally got there. Look, I am so off the radar these days. I am the biggest nobody that I've ever been probably in my life. I mean, in my community, I used to be the guy that was, I told you, I was on city council and I was sitting on these boards and doing all these things and very visible. Now, a lot of people don't even know if I still live here. And I've got some listeners to the podcast here. And so, hey guys, I'm still here in Tyler. You probably didn't know that. Uh, And it's because my core values just don't align with being visible and being out there, which I know sounds kind of weird. You know, the guy with the podcast, but you guys don't see me and it's not like I'm famous. I'm not, I'm not Tim Ferriss or anybody. I'm, this is just a, a small little element of my overall goal to share, communicate ideas that I hope will bring people, um, I don't know, more fulfillment, uh, a desire, a motivation to, towards self-improvement. So it's really, it's really interesting. Exploring the shadow. Embrace Jung's concept of the shadow self. Delve into aspects of yourself that may be hidden or repressed. Examine fears, insecurities, or desires that you might not have consciously acknowledged. This exploration can reveal deeper motivations. You know who's done an incredibly good job at this is James Altucher. James Altucher is one of the top podcasters there are out there. He and I have um, we've communicated. I've actually been on James's show and his producer, Jay Yao, and I are friends. And actually where I met one of my now best friends in the whole world, James Quandall. James Altucher really is, is with, he's as close to a polymath as you can find. The guy is just good at so many different things. He's got a massive brain. But I think what really made James a great podcaster, a best-selling author, and just kind of who he is, is when he started being truly authentic and admitting his insecurities so he could face his insecurities. James Alter's the type of guy that goes, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that because I'm scared to do that. And then, and once you know there's something you want to do, but deep down you have a big insecurity about doing so, that insecurity might be keeping you from doing the very thing that would bring you such joy and happiness and fulfillment. You have to first figure out and admit that that's an insecurity. And that's one of the things I'm trying to do through this is I want to, I don't want to hold back on setting goals and ambitions just because I'm insecure, just because I think that people will think I'm stupid. People think it's not worthy of a goal. Think, well, people will think it's not ambitious enough. You know, why would you pursue that? Um, I don't know. I just think that that's one of the things that as we go about setting goals that identify those things that you've, you've repressed that have held you back for so long and bring them out into the light because here's the cool thing like when you start looking at the shadow that Jung talks about there's this thing that is the authentic you that you've kept now a lot of times I I think I've got this right you know the Jung shadow kind of confuses me at times but there's also some things that you keep um, you keep in the shadows because that's your dark side. And what makes you good is the fact that you never let this dark part of yourself out. But here's the thing. You need to admit that the darkness is there so that you can make it go away. And a lot of times you have to bring it to the light and admit that I have this darkness within me that I need to burn out, that you've just been walking around. It's always creeping up behind you, whether it's anger or you're, 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 you know you've got this 
just suppressed ability to be truly evil and malicious. So that's that's a whole different thing. So for those of you who are really uh, steeped in this and know way more about it than me, when you hear me talk about Jung, you're saying, yeah, Jason, but there's also a bad side of the shadow self. And do you know about that? Yeah, I do. But also, as it relates to this conversation, I just think that if we're going to be our, our authentic selves, look at those things that you've held back. Imagine if, imagine if Jerry Seinfeld would have thought, you know what? I got to get a real job. I, mean, I want to be a comedian. I want to tell jokes. I think I, I think that that's the, that's the thing that moves me more than anything. But it's not a real job. I gotta I gotta go be a lawyer. I gotta be a doctor. You know? Thank God he didn't because he's made me laugh a lot. Um, man, and I I envy those people. And if you're one of them that you've just that this this doesn't even resonate with you because you're like. I would never be something or do something that didn't match up with who I really am. God bless you. That's awesome. I envy that because I'm not that person. I haven't been that person. I am. I think I'm etching closer to it now. But for the longest, I most certainly was not. Let me give you a great example of this, and then we'll go. When I was in uh, undergrad, I was... Uh, I was about to graduate, and I was offered several jobs by big companies, one of which was the Sealy Mattress Company, and the other was Computer Sciences Corporation, big, big uh, IT and management consulting company that's no longer in existence, uh, but at the time was like huge. I mean, they were one of the developers of the Hubble Telescope. Uh, CSC actually once managed all of NASA's IT, uh, had a huge management consulting practice. And, um, and so when it came time for me, oh, and the other job that I was offered or of the, I mean, I had several opportunities, but these were the three that it came down to. It was Sealy Mattress Company, Computer Sciences Corporation or CSC and Hormel Foods, the comp the, the spam and bacon company. Which one do you think I chose? Now, deep down, if I had acknowledged the shadow, the shadow said, dude, you are a salesman. You don't want to be a salesman because you think salesmen aren't smart, but dude, you are made to sell. You got a good personality. People like you. You could sell some freaking spam. You could sell some mattresses to department stores and you would have fun. You get to move around and the Hormel jobs in Alabama, the, uh, the Sealy job is in either Denver or Dallas, but CSC has computer science in the title. That one makes you look smart. And you're supposed to be smart. You're supposed to be kind of, you know, you were the president of your fraternity and on the University Supreme Court, you've done all these things. So you need the job that reflects all of that. I took this, the computer sciences job. I probably would have crushed it selling mattresses. I bet I could have sold those Sealy Posturepedics like it was just, I mean, like Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl. I would have crushed it. I would have crushed it selling spam. I could have sold more spam to more Winn-Dixies across the, the southern United States than anybody had ever sold spam before. But you know what? We will never know. We will never know. Because I wasn't answering. New folks, I knew I would be better at those jobs than CSC. CSC, I went six months in. I was bored to tears. I wasn't having fun. I was not enjoying it. And it was a great opportunity. It was an awesome opportunity. Had fantastic people there that I worked with, but the work itself was just nothing that fulfilled me. But I let my ego and the expectations that I had set for myself, much of them reflected 
by the matrix determine what I did instead of being my authentic self and being honest with myself and going out and slinging some spam. So you, my friend, need to ask yourself, are you doing what you should be doing? Are your goals that you're setting, do they match with who you truly are? Are you passing up selling spam because you think there's just no way you were not made to sell spam, but then deep in the recesses of when you're all by yourself, you think to yourself, I'd love to sell some spam. That'd be awesome. It'd be fun. And I know I've got the personality for it. And I really love salty, delicious, full of toxins, canned, processed meat. I've loved it since I was a small kid. Fry it. Eat it straight out of the can. I don't care. I love it. I'm just afraid to admit it. I don't want to go out and tell people, folks, I got to come clean. I'm meant to sell spam. So what you got to decide. So until we are authentic with ourselves, about our values, who we really are, and what we really want to do, setting goals is going to be an exercise in futility. I hope you get the gist of this conversation. I know I went all over the place, but I really think it's important. It's something I'm struggling with as I try to continue setting my goals for this year uh, and making sure that I've got the right one set. So hopefully this was helpful. Thank you so much for listening to The Jason Wright Show. Hey, if you don't mind, please, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, please click like or subscribe. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep getting better and better at this. Leave some comments. I want to hear from you. I want to help you if I can. Let's engage. And if you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, in particular on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating. Leave some comments there. I would be so grateful. I want to keep improving both my YouTube channel as well as the podcast. Always in all ways. Thank you for listening. I'm Jason, and I'm out. Well, that does it for this episode of The Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media production. Fourth Wall did the music. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonwrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve always in all ways. I'm out. Thank you.